You are listening to the Taking the Leap podcast with me, your host, Rachel G. Scott. This podcast is dedicated to inspiring you to take bold leaps of faith as we hear the powerful stories of both men and women from different industries and walks of life who obey God and took risks in exchange for heaven's rewards. As you listen, my hope is that their stories will give you the confidence you need to trust God as he leads you to your next leap. Now, let's learn a little about our next guest. Today, Rachel is speaking with Tori Shira. She is a wife, mother, podcast host, and network marketer. She is also the founder of Crazy Faith Mama Movement, birthed from her desire to help other women and mamas to embrace crazy faith in every area of their lives. Tori shares with us about her calling into the network marketing industry, the healing that can come through the discomfort of leaps, and how our obedience to God impacts our children's future. She also shares how to embrace a new space with a different pace and how she became innovative, thinking outside of the box in an industry that has an already established system and process. If you are feeling called to take a leap or in a particular industry, but feel stuck, then this episode is for you. Now let's jump in. Well, listen, y'all, I want to introduce you to a fellow podcaster. I'm, I love talking to podcasters because they just get the, the podcast life, right? Yeah. <laughs> and her name is Tori. And I actually met her at the podcast movement because I'm a huge advocate for going to conferences to grow in whatever industry God has called you to. And so since podcasting was my new industry, I went to the podcast movement and I got to meet Tori. So I want to introduce you to Tori. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Rachel. I so appreciate this opportunity. I am so thankful that you are going to get to share all the amazing things with my listeners. So I have had the chance to learn a little bit about you, but I would love for you to share with them some things about you. Sure. So I live in Kansas, Kansas City, and I am a mama of two girls, one that is about to be eight years old next week and one that is nine years old. And I have been married for almost 15 years and I can, I just look back and I, we were babies right. or I was a baby. My husband maybe was a baby, but I was a baby when I got married. Listen, I get it. I, we just celebrated our 11th and I'm like 11 years. Like what have we been doing for it? It's been 11 years already. It kind of feels like 20, but exactly. When you start to count decades, you're like, wait, hold right. on. Like this thing is real. <laughs> I love it. And you said How many you people to- lost? My, I always joke with my husband. I was like, how many people you think lost money in the bet that we would last this long? (laughs) I love that. I'm telling you, you're like, I'm surprising myself. (laughs) I'm so thankful though. Um, so, and you have two little ones, right? Yes. Yes. And you're in Kansas city. Yes. Uh, and oh my gosh, my girls are, I would say, I mean, they're little to me, but like my nine-year-old is almost taller than me and she's in third grade. And I'm like, girl, slow down. That's my nine-year-old too. (laughs) No, I mean, I've accepted it that I'm going to be the shortest in the family, but at least give me a little bit more time (laughs) to to feel like the mom in the relationship. Okay. I love that. Yes. That's my nine-year-old. I'm like, when did you just like even my seven-year-old, I'm like, okay, just, okay. I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness. So tell us a little bit about what you do, you know, life and all the things that you're up to now. So I am a network marketer and, uh, by trade, I've been in the network marketing industry, uh, for almost 15 years. Um, the, the stigma 
has not changed for MLMs at all. People are getting used to it a little bit more, um, but it's an industry that I just have a heart for. I love it. I think so many um, individuals, I won't even say women because here in America, which is funny, women are primarily the network marketers in the United States. However, across the globe, it's more a man dominated industry. Wow. So it's very interesting on how that works, but, um, but I think it's such a great business model and business plan. If you find the right company that works for you, the business, the, the way the opportunity works for you, because they're so different and you can really find something that you feel comfortable and passionate in. And so I just, I love it. And then God, um, put a desire on my heart two years ago to start a podcast. And so I started a podcast with one of my sweet friends and that one has, is about to celebrate a year in December. And then I just launched my own individual podcast because I'm that crazy (laughs) and I love it so much going to podcast movement, just lit a fire under my booty. Um, that like, oh my gosh, this is a vehicle that we can use and talk to people and learn with. And I just love it. And so then, yeah, then I started my second podcast in in September. Well, let me ask you this question. Do you feel like you're like a um, self-driven person. Like I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Or do you feel like you've kind of grown into that? So I'm a Enneagram seven. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that is called the enthusiast. And so shiny objects get me all the time. (laughs) And so like when I get an idea, it is easier for me to start something than it is for me to finish it. And I know that about myself. So while being driven, it's harder for me to be consistent in something. So that is something that I'm learning and God is teaching me um, because with consistency comes patience. Um, You know, I would love to walk into a gym and get a six pack of abs, you know, day one. Uh, That's just not how life and science works, (laughs) fortunately. And so, yeah, that's kind of where... um, I, and I have an entrepreneurial spirit, both yeah. my parents, entrepreneurials. And I think that makes a huge difference when you've had parents that you've seen work for themselves by themselves. Like there's just something different about that when you're raised in that uh, yeah. environment, it becomes more of the norm than yeah. like, you know, the, the thing that's odd, like, no, this is kind of more normal for me. Okay. So right. I, I want to backtrack a little bit. You uh, live in Kansas city. Now, is that where you were born and raised or Is that where you're at just because of marriage? Okay. So I was born and raised in Dallas. I'm an only child. Uh, My college was closer to my parents' house than my high school was um, because I'm that much of a daddy's girl. Um, I'm a daddy's girl too. (laughs) Oh man. There's nothing like a good dad. Man, I love it. And so I had full intention to never leave Texas. I love Texas. Texas is just different in the fact of like, there's a lot of Texas pride as a state. And so while we lived there, I got married and my husband was offered a couple of jobs. One took us to Baltimore, Maryland for a year and a half. Um, loved being in that part of the country. I absolutely love how close everything is. When you drive in Texas, you can drive for seven hours and still be in the same state. Yeah. 
Texas is like huge. Okay. <laughs> it is and flat and there's not a whole lot out there. And, um, but I loved being in the, the, on the East coast and driving two hours and being in a completely different world. Yes. Um, it brought, and then his job brought us back to Dallas. And then I was like, all right, we're going to have babies here. I'm close to my parents. His parents had moved to Dallas for us. And then as God would have it, um, my husband was offered a job in Kansas. And I think this is one of the leaps and you'll have to tell me which one it is, but my husband and I, uh, going through a really tough time. And, um, when he was offered the job to Kansas, uh, I talked to my friends, I talked to counselors, my pastor even, and they all told me not to go when he was offered the job. And, um, all the while in the back of my head, I could hear God telling me, get ready for Kansas, get ready for Kansas, get ready for Kansas. And so I, uh, I said, okay, God, I'm going to do this. And I'll, and my husband knows this. I was so transparent with him. And I said, I'm going to be real honest with you, babe. I feel like we're, I'm going to move to Kansas and then you're going to divorce me. And then, because then that way the kids are in the same state as you, and I won't be able to come back and be with my family. Mm. And he even said, he goes, yeah, I've thought about that. Mm-hmm. Like, so that is where we were at. And after he had accepted the job and then, um, and I just kept praying and kept talking with godly people who loved me and were telling me like, Tori, this isn't a good idea. Like this really isn't a good idea. And I just I was like, okay, I know, I I know it logically, it doesn't make sense. Right. Like we want to protect ourselves. We want to protect our family. And I was like, okay. And then sure enough, God used the four months between when Andrew moved up to Kansas city to work for the job and he would fly home every weekend or fly back to Dallas for every weekend for, um, to be with the girls. And I, he used that time to almost like a trial divorce. And so when the time came for me to move up there, it was like a completely different marriage because my husband and I had seen what it was like living separately. And I could not thank God more for the time that we have here in Kansas. Like our marriage has never been in a better spot. Uh, we have gone closer to get together and closer to God. And like, we are a completely different relationship and it is amazing, but like logically it didn't make sense. And so that was like one of the first big leaps I had to take to trust God. I mean, again, what do you do when godly people are telling you don't do it and protect your marriage, you know, like go to counseling first or all things that logically make sense and make sense in the Bible. But like, you know, but then when you hear God's small, still voicing, I trust me, you get ready. You've got this. I'm going to have you. And, you know, it's, it's just incredible. And that, you know, you said the very thing I was thinking, like out of all the voices and all the the noise that goes around sometimes, especially when we're getting ready to take a leap um, that doesn't feel like it fits, God's has to be the dominant, like God's voice Mm -hmm. has to be dominant. And we do glean into the wisdom of wise counsel and things like that. But, you know, there's always parts of our leap 
that only we can understand and only we can explain. Like, yeah. <laughs> no one else is going to get it. Why? I mean, I think about people who they leave their job and it makes no logical sense financially, doesn't make logical sense in any other capacity. Um, they're walking away from 10 years and everything. And they're like, but God is telling me to do this, you know? So even mm-hmm. for you, what God knew was going to happen was a, res- an, a restoration that needed to take place. Oh yeah. The power of that, like you said, within those four months, it was like, you had a totally different marriage, a totally different appreciation and like just a God ordained transition. It sounds like, but there was, you had to be able to fight through, you know, um, what else was going on. And I think moments like that help us to learn the voice of God even more because now you can go back like, well, I heard God's voice then. So the next thing he tells me to do, I know his voice. Like, I don't even have to question that. Right. And it, it, it reminds me, and it wasn't until years later, um, since being up here, like rereading the story of Job and Job sought wisdom from others. Like, why is all this happening? And they all, but they were all rebuked because they were like, you are telling him to go against what I have said. And we don't think of that, that wow. even, even people with the most, loving, godly intent as they're giving wisdom, like, no, no, no. I know you need to do this. You need to do this. Be, you know, God, and they can still be wrong, flat out wrong. Oh my goodness. That is such a great example because we do see that. Like the friends were like, Hey, listen, you mess up. This is you, you know? And Mm -hmm. like, no, that is so true. And I think sometimes we become too dependent and it's almost like God wants to break us away from the dependency on the voice of other people so that we can really become dependent on his voice as we're doing those things. Yes. Yes. Very much. It, Cause it's a lot easier to talk to somebody who can talk back. Yes. Right. Exactly. exactly. Yes. And so much more comfortable <laughs> and yes, we have to get is. out of our natural level of comfort and go into more of the spiritual to be like, okay, God, what are you saying? But I love how he was saying to you, I'm getting you ready. I'm getting you prepared. Get ready for Kansas. It's, it's happening. You still mm-hmm. heard that. Okay. Yeah. So you transitioned to Kansas and um, now you all are in a new place. You have both of your girls with you. What was it like adapting to the new, totally different environment? Because listen, I lived in Kansas for a little bit, not Kansas City, but Kansas. And it's a totally different ball game from Ohio. Okay. So what was that like for you? Well, first of all, just like, I thought Texas was Texas proud. Okay. Like, and Texas is proud of them as a state. Kansas City. Oh, my whole other level, (laughs) whole other level. Like, I mean, they everything has KC on it. It is all Kansas City because Kansas City spans two states. You have Kansas City, Missouri and Kansas City, Kansas. I didn't know Kansas City, Missouri or Kansas City, Kansas existed. Like I just knew Kansas City. And so to be here in a area where like people literally wear things that say the city's name on it is so weird to me. Like there's, <laughs> there's, I mean, I've absolutely embraced it. I mean, let's be honest. When you live in Texas, you don't think anything is North above you. You're just like, everything is Oklahoma and above, like what other state is there? And so I was like, Oh, Kansas is still a state. Ha huh. How about that? And (laughs) yeah, right. You're like, oh, I forgot about that one. And so, but it's so funny because in Dallas, it is very, uh, what's like, get, get things done. Um, like very snap, like everything has to be done in a 
in the Midwest, it is so much slower. People people just are. They just are like, well, I'll get to it tomorrow. And they are not like, and and for my husband, that was a huge adjustment because he is in sales and in business. And so like in Dallas, if you can't get the customer what they want, when they want it, they're like, that's fine. I'll find somebody else down the street who can get it to me in the time like that, like the, by the time I want it in Kansas, you go in and the customer is like, yeah, I said that I wanted that yesterday, but today is a whole other day. So I'm not real (laughs) sure. And you're like, what? So the transition I think was harder for my husband because he was having to learn how to deal with, but like, be more receptive to people moving at a slower, non Dallas, big city pace. And I, I have learned here that people love to be social in their neighbors with their neighbors, with their neighborhoods. And in Dallas, it's more like eight foot board on board fence. You drive, when you get home, you pull into the garage and close the garage behind you. Like that's how you saw your neighbors. Like here, like you're, neighbors are slowing down as you're driving into your driveway. And then you talk on the street for 20 minutes. I mean, it's so different. And I, again, it's just, I cannot imagine raising my children in another place. And again, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I love Texas. I love Texas values. I love Texas. I mean, there's just something about Texas, but now I'm like, my girls have lived in Kansas longer than they have in Texas. And so they're Kansas girls and like they get to play in their neighborhood and see a mom and then come home when the lights, you know, the street lights come on. It's crazy. And, you know, you bring up a really good point there is that like often the thing that God is leading us to is generational. It's to change something that goes beyond us. So, you know, we will be just comfortable and complacent right where we're at. But God is like, I have something different for your children. And so in order for you to access that and for them to access that, I need you to move. And it's going to be outside of your comfort zone, but I need you to, to make this adjustment. And that can be, you know, that can be hard to think beyond your own capacity or your own understanding of what God wants to do. Do you feel like now that you've been out there as a mother, do you feel like it's kind of changed your, the way that you think, do you feel like you have a different level, level of freedom um, to just let your, your children just be begin to grow and thrive versus maybe in Texas, you would have had to been a little bit more tight, tighter because of how it is out there. I think so. So when we moved out here, our girls were not of school age yet. So they were still in preschools and most preschools, you know, you go to are attached to churches. That's what they do during the week. Right? right. And one of the things that I, as all moms, what do we do when we, when we move somewhere and buy a house, we look at the school districts, like, let's talk about, we moved into a school district that is, and I knew it because I had done my research and I was like, Like, this is the school district we have to move into. We have to buy a house here. Like, this is where. Well, God had different plans. Um, We did buy a house in that school district that I wanted, but God moved it in our hearts for us to get the girls into a private school, private Christian school. And that never would have been an option in Dallas or in Texas because one, the cost of private schools are so exponential, like it's a college tuition payment for per year per kid. And you're going, I have 12, that's 13 years. 
there's no way (laughs) there's not enough money. Like it's just not going to happen. But like God put us into a position to where like we live real close to a private Christian school. And I had this desire, like I thought this private, I thought this public school district was going to be like, yes, this is going to be great. This is going to offer opportunities. And then God just made a right turn when I was going left and he's like, no, no, you're going to be here. And again, that wouldn't have, I mean, our girls every single week have a Bible verse to memorize. I mean, that I didn't grow in my faith until probably, I mean, I didn't get baptized. I accepted Christ when I was seven, but I didn't get baptized until I was like 31. Um, my girls were actually there at my baptism. So they don't remember it. They were so little, but like my faith has grown so much that like in today's world, like my girls are going to need Bible verses in the back of their mind. They every, exactly just the things that the spiritual warfare that they are going to come up against every single day. And I cannot imagine them having to do that without that stuff. I mean, I, I'd like to think I'm a good parent, but I'm not going to be as diligent as a school who's saying, memorize the Bible verse every single week. Like, and there are some amazing mamas who are homeschooler mamas who do this or public school mamas who do that on their own. Y'all there, there is a special place in heaven that y'all have your own castle. Okay. Like your own big, big old crown, this mama, that just is not my gift. Right. Uh, And so like those little things, like now I'm like, again, that, like you said, I wouldn't have thought twice about sending my kids to public school in Dallas, but then coming here and then having the opportunity to do so, I'm like, so incredibly thankful that God lets me do that with them. And you bring up such a good point because we are raising our kids for a totally different um, world than what we experienced, what our parents experienced. And so we have to lean into the things that God calls us to do as parents. Like I've, I've done it all. I've, I've sent my kids to Christian private school. I've said I've homeschooled. They've done public school. They've done charter school. I mean, so I could, I could teach on all the things, right? Yes, you can. (laughs) But what I did is exactly what you're doing, leaning into what God was saying for each child that would cultivate what they needed for what they are going to have to endure. That's just the reality of it. So I was like, look, this is what's coming. This is where we're headed. This is the, the gifting that's in your child to be able to endure. And this is where I need it to be cultivated. Boom. So you're going to have to make this adjustment for that to happen. Like, can you imagine like, and I don't, this thought just came to me actually, is that like God created our children for such a time as this, right? He knew that this time in history was specifically for them. There is no, I was, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been strong enough. That's why I'm not, I wasn't born in the two thousands. Like that's something that's so incredible. Like he entrusts us one to be their parents in such a time as this, but like how incredible that our kids are the kids of this generation and that they are equipped with so much or, and he's going to gift them with so much more than he gifted us because we didn't have to have the spiritual warfare on a daily basis. Like that's just cool. It is. It is. And that's kind of what's given me such a peace because there's moments where I'm looking at, you know, the news and I'm like, Oh my goodness. I feel, I feel bad. I feel overwhelmed, but someone says something similar to me, like God knew. And that's why he created them in this time because they would have 
what was necessary to fight what is coming and what they will have to battle against. Like, so don't feel overwhelmed. It's not like he didn't know that they were going to be more right now. You're just like, but why? Right. It's not like it was a lottery and be like, (laughs) all right, well, I'm just going to, okay, who are going to be my 2000 babies? Who are going to be my 2013 babies? My 14, you know, like that wasn't it. Like, he knew. He, he knew. knew. Oh, he knew man. that we would be the parents that could equip him for it. He knew that, yeah. you know, you'd be like, you know what? We, this is where we have to go. And this is where we're going to have to raise them, you know. Thank you so much for listening. I want to pause for a quick moment to tell you about two extremely valuable resources I've developed specifically with you in mind. If you are feeling called to take a leap of faith, be it to move to a new geographical relocation, to start a business, to stay on your job, but to write your book or to start a ministry or to transition, but you are unsure, even afraid to move forward, then you'll want to grab these resources. The first one is a five leaps quick guide. And within it, you will find help as you identify which leap God is calling you to make and tools for you as you prepare, plan and execute that leap. The next one is the five leaps, five week mentoring. If you are serious about this leap, but you know you cannot do it alone, you are not alone. I want to walk with you. So for five weeks, we'll work together as you prepare for the plan that God is calling you to execute. You can find both of these resources by visiting the five leaps.com. Thank you so much. Now let's get back started with this episode. Okay, so this has been so good. And I know this is going to bless so many people, especially if they're feeling overwhelmed with you know, a leap, but not understanding because taking a leap as a family can be hard. Just be honest, mm-hmm. Any, whether it's transitioning out of your job, you got to consider all the things, whether it's a, a short term um, leap, it doesn't and have, matter. Still. And have you found too, that when God tells you something, it he very rarely tells your husband the same thing. Yes. I'm like, okay, can you please let him know? <laughs> exactly. Can we put this on conference call, please? Like, come on. Like, Speaker phone, God, speaker phone. But I'm telling you, I will pray. I'm like, Lord, I need you to reveal it to him the same way that you showed me because we need to be on the same page. (laughs) And then he'll come like, I heard this sermon or I was listening to such and such. Or he'll like, you know, I was talking to such and such. And they said, I was like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You Come through every time. (laughs) So you got to trust him. And it doesn't matter how often we will say and be like, no, really, babe. I like, this is really where what God's leading. And they'll be like, okay, yeah, sure, honey. And then, and then their buddy will say it. And you're like, right. (laughs) Okay. All right, God. Exactly. I'm I'm trying to learn how not to be junior Holy spirit because I can be that all day. (laughs) I love that term junior Holy spirit, because I have that conversation with you are not your husband. You are not your spouse's Holy spirit as much as you want to but I love junior Holy spirit. Yeah. I'm trying not to be junior Holy spirit. Let me stay in my lane. Okay. So I want to talk about the network marketing a little bit because you're right. And you, I feel like you almost have to give that, um, disclaimer. Like I know some people, how they feel about it, but I've met some amazing people that do network marketing, that it is their career. It is the, the, the path that God has them on. Right. So for you, how do you navigate just the network marketing landscape? Why do you feel like I has placed you there? So when I was with my, I've been with multiple, multiple companies in my 14 plus years. And I think really for the first, the first company I was with, I was with them for five years. And, um, I told this to you earlier, it was the most expensive hobby that I've ever had. Um, I had a lot of fun and I didn't make a whole lot of money, (laughs) but the way that God used it in such a way is 
it filled my entrepreneurial spirit of having two parents that are entrepreneurs. And so I loved it for that aspect. Like I actually interviewed for a job with a bank in my first year of marriage. And I walked out of the interview and had a panic attack because I could not imagine committing myself to somebody else's schedule. And again, I was 21 years old and I had been married for maybe six months, maybe six months. And so imagine coming home to your new husband and going, I can't do this. I can't, I, and not, and being saying, I want to be a stay at home wife slash network marketer. And like, we don't have kids, but I'm going to have a really great time. But he used that to not only like for me to fall in love with the industry, he also used it for me to meet incredible people. Actually, I just, I had a friend just come and visit me here in Kansas. Um, She still lives in Maryland and she came and visited me and we never would have met otherwise. Um, She's actually old enough to be my mother. Um, She has two daughters that are a couple of years younger than me, but we're best friends. Like I just adore her and Mm. we can have the greatest of time. Like that's just a relationship that never would have happened otherwise. And then when God paused my vision in network marketing, because the business that I was with, it was doing parties, evenings and weekends. Well, when you want to start a family, when is your husband home evenings and weekends? And God just, he closed the door for my husband on that, on, on my job. (laughs) He, he made my husband made it perfectly clear. Like you're going to set this down and this is not, this is not where, where we are anymore. And so I said, okay. And we had our two girls back to back. Um, we got a TV after that. We figured out how that happened real fast. Um, and <laughs> my girls are only 17 months apart. So it's right. like having twins, but not getting credit for it. Um, there you go. I love it. Yeah. So then God opened my heart to another company and it was a health and wellness company, which is the one that I'm currently still with. And Uh, my husband was very, like, very clear. Here are the boundaries. This is what, and I was like, no, 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 I'm just a customer. I'm just a customer. Famous last words. Right. So he just gradually moved that in and opened my heart back up to it. Opened my husband's heart back up to it. And today, if I mean, speak six years, seven years later in this company, and my husband is my biggest cheerleader, my biggest fan. Um, he has got my back where not that he didn't have my back last time, but it was just so, a different space. Right. You talked about a time when you did actually have to step away, you know, from things where you called away or, you know, do you feel like God was telling you to focus in on something else during that time? To give you the short version, I got lost. Um, I got lost because I was hustling so hard. I was, I was sacrificing times with my family, things like that for my business. And then God just, he just said, no, we're done. And I felt while lots of people thought that I quit, um, I just did a podcast episode on this. Um, actually, did you get lost or did you quit? Okay. And I, I compare it to Moses's time in the wilderness. Okay. Moses didn't quit. They got lost for 40 years. It was a period that God used. God knew they were going to be lost for 40 years and just wandering around God also gave them manna every single day. The manna did not stay. They could not save it. They could not. I mean, it, it was their daily bread, right? 
And God used that time for me to go, Hey, I can do amazing things in your business without you even being present for it. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to show up on social media every single day because God will have the person that needs to see your post, your, your products, whatever it is, or your wisdom or whatever you're sharing. He can have them see a post from yours three weeks ago, and he can have them call you today. We do have to show up, but we have to show up where God tells us to show up. Right, right. And so during that two-year period, God put it on my heart uh, about a podcast. As a podcast junkie, always have been. It's funny. The genre that I love to listen to is true crime. I know. um, (laughs) It's so opposite of what I talk about. So I I've always loved podcasts. And then when God put it on my heart to start a podcast, thankfully he gave me a friend who he also put it on her heart to start a podcast. And so we got to grow one together. And then, um, and that's, and then all the while my business continued to grow my network marketing business that I wasn't putting, you know, a whole lot of attention into because building a podcast you may know this is kind of tough. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit more work yeah. than just showing up in front of a microphone, but he just continued to grow that business. And while people were like, I've had to deal with the thoughts of like, what are others things about me? Am I just, do they just think now that I'm collecting a paycheck from that, from that business? But then I'm reminded that no, God had me build this business for six years So he could provide this manna every single day, every single month Mm -hmm. for me when he had me step away completely. The enemy wants to give me guilt. The enemy wants me to feel ashamed for not showing up in the network marketing space like I should, but I have to remember I'm, I'm showing up where God wants me to. So I'm showing up in that podcast space. I'm, I'm learning new things. I'm meeting new, amazing new people like yourself and He's just got that going. And he's like, I've got you. I've got you this. That's, that's what we forget. We forget how, how wonderful our God is in all of that space. Oh, that is so, that's so true because I have experienced that so much. I almost find it hard sometimes for me to market because I'm like, if God tells me to do something, um, he's like, I want you to dedicate this specific day to me. Mondays are a day I dedicate to him. In the back of my mind, I'm like, I should be answering emails and I should be doing this and I should be doing that. He's like, no, but then I'll look the next, the, the other four days I get so much done. It's not like not having that one day threw me off. I feel like he multiplies our obedience. He multiplies us being willing to say, okay, I'm willing to set this aside. And A lot of times we spend preparing like that preparation time, those six years that you prepared was really for that moment where you would need a break, where you would need to take some time away. Like that's literally what that was for. And he's like, I'm going to show you what I can do when you just walk in obedience to me, even if it doesn't feel like what you're supposed to be doing in your mind. I love when he does that. Oh, that's so good. See, and so I look at other network marketers today and they are in the hustle mode. They think if they don't show up every single day, they're talking about, well, I'm not consistent. Well, if I don't show up, then they think that I, I no longer do this product. I'm like, there's something in the back of your mind that God is going, would you set this down so I can have you bless others in this other space? Yes. I will take care of this. I will take care of this. I need you to do this, but we get pigeonholed right into this space. Like, 
well, network marketing, if I make this money, then I can tithe more Then I can do more here. And I can, what if God has you in network marketing to meet one person? What if it's just a season? It doesn't have to be your career. It doesn't have to be, what if he just wants you to meet one person and that one person is going to change the trajectory of your life, of your purpose, of your passion, but you are so determined to think that network marketing is where I got to be because this has got a paycheck and I'm passionate, you know, like, and I want to do this and I want to do that. I'm like, no, let that go. Because when you are holding on, like so many, I'm going to be real honest and nobody's going to like it here. In network marketing, what do our sponsors, what do we all push for? It's the rank. It's the promotion. It's the moving up within the company. And companies obviously want you to move up in the company. But if you and I are real honest with each other, 1% of the people that join network marketing who say they want to reach the top rank will actually reach the top rank, period. You can bust your butt every single day. You can have a conversation. You can cold message a thousand people a day. If God does not have that position for you, you're not going to get it. And too many sponsors are afraid to tell their people that because they don't want to discourage them or they don't want them, but we don't want them to quit. You know, well, I want them to work. And what if that is what God wants for them? But what if it's not like you, you know, that's in so many industries, right? We go mm-hmm. after the next big thing and the next big thing. And we lose what God is telling us to do. And we lose like, what it, it did he tell us to chase after that rank? Or did he tell us to go after the next thing that he wants us to do? So having mm-hmm. our, our ears tuned in to him, but that's I feel like that's in every industry. There's always um, this chase after the next rank or the next position or the next um, mm-hmm. title or, and we have to like pause and tune into what God is saying. Like we have to yeah. tune into what he's saying. This has been such a good conversation, Tori. I feel like it's going to bless so many people because I've had people that feel like I want to take a leap, but it's into like network marketing and, you know, the stigma surrounding it. How do I work yeah. through that? And I feel like you just really helped to fix that whole thing. You got the whole thing together. Well, so, thank you. Yes. As we wrap our time up, can you please tell me like, what is your next leap? What is the next thing you feel like God is calling you to do? Cause you have the podcast now. So what do you feel like is the next thing? Oh, I think the next thing he's calling me to do is to help others start podcasts. Mm. I think that there's so many programs that make it so complicated when really you can do what you can do with what you have. Like you don't have to spend a small fortune. It doesn't have to be a great production. Um, you went, I mean, how many years have you had your podcast? This is my first year. It's your first year. Yeah. It's a different podcast than it was on day one. Oh, though, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. We, so many times we procrastinate so much because we want perfection on day one, embrace the suck. Let's just do it with what you got. And then as you grow and as you figure out your audience is going to change, your mission is going to change. Your podcast may change all of that. Like, let's just get you out there and get you started. And you can figure out, you may start one podcast and then go, Nope, that's not it. And do a different podcast. Who cares? So I think that's the next leap that God's working on uh, is to do like a podcast mentorship thing for people getting started. I love that. You will be amazing for that. So those that are interested, where can they find you? How can they connect with you? So you can follow me on Instagram at thereal.toryshira. You can also go to my website and that is crazyfaithmama, M-A-M-A. 
com, And those are where you're going to be able to get a hold of me. And I would love to connect with any of the listeners that enjoyed this or whatever. I, oh, and then also check out my podcast. If network marketing is something that they're wanting to uh, dip their toes in, or if they've been doing network marketing for a hundred years, I don't care. Like, let's get you out of that hustle and where God wants you to be. And that podcast is called Girl Boss Rehab. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Tori, for being on the podcast. I really enjoy you. Thank you so much, Rachel, for this opportunity. I've loved our conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. I hope you enjoy what you heard and you're even more encouraged to trust God with your next week. Before you go, I want to invite you to visit thefiveleaks.com to learn more about upcoming guests, get helpful resources to help you prepare to take your next leap and join the Taking the Leap membership community. And don't forget to text podcast to 216-279-7174 for weekly reminders and more personalized leap support. Enjoy the rest of your day. And remember, God can do more with our willingness than he could ever do with our worthiness.